Coaching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Just like the food you eat, the sound that comes into your environment creates a foundation that supports your actions and well-being. Today, Coach Terry talks with Dudley Evanson, co-founder of the independent music label Soundings of the Planet. She is a producer, photographer, harpist, and life coach, having trained right here at Impact Coaching Academy, coaching and the soundtrack of your life, today on Coaching Impact Radio. All right, awesome. I cannot wait to get into our conversation for today. Uh, I am very, very proud to have uh, our, our guest today, uh, Dudley Evanson, uh, someone who I, I consider a friend and a colleague, a fellow coach, in, as well as everything else you already heard in her the illustrious pedigree of wonderful things that she's up to in the world. Uh, Dudley, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Terry. I'm really honored to be having a conversation with you about whatever we talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got to, you, know, you know we'll cover 100 things, right? You know, I, I you know that's the way so. it goes. <laughs> so we are talking today about uh, music and music in the process of healing and growth and mindfulness and uh, all of the areas that it touches. And really this is a cutting-edge conversation for the coaching industry. The music being really focused on and utilized in coaching uh, has not really cracked through yet, and there's so much potential there. And I I can't think of anyone better to lead the call than than Dudley. So, Dudley, I'm going to start off with a a little bit of an origins question. So there you are. you're, You're a young lady, and you're out in the world making waves from, you know, an early, early age. What connected you to music, and and how has your journey to this point evolved? Well, that's a really good question, especially because um, when I um, met my husband in 1968, Dean Evanson, um, that's really when my musical journey began, although I'm sure as a child I was always singing and dancing around, but I didn't really uh, have that orientation. I was more moving toward art and photography, which I had just um, discovered. This was in the 60s because I'd traveled around the world and lived in Japan, got my camera and done all that. So we, um, I, I understood that that was an art form that I was interested in. Well, what happened is after I got back from living in Japan, I was in New York City again, which is where I'd ended up after college, and lo and behold, um, who should move in across the hall from me on the Lower East Side but this um, young man who had just graduated from his uh, getting his master's in molecular biology, Dean Evanson. And it turned out uh, he was uh, very enthusiastic about moving into all sorts of different fields, real renaissance man. He was a flute player, so that was um, a hint of my musical uh, connection, but mm-hmm. he was also interested in painting and filmmaking and all sorts of things. So, and he ended up getting a job as a recording engineer in New York City, as I was doing photography. And for us, we we uh, we were kind of oriented toward making movies together, making films. And one day, when I was uh, searching for a 60 millimeter film camera, I came across a uh, a new 
technology, and it was portable video. It was the Sony portable half-inch video camera, mm-hmm. and it was um, <laughs> when we think of video today, we think of, uh, you know, you can just turn your iPhone on or your smartphone, and you can make a video. It's pretty fabulous. But in those days, it was a 35-pound uh, deck, and then a, connected by a, a big cable to an 8-pound camera. So if you can imagine mm-hmm. hauling that around. And we were cheering. It was portable, so we were very excited. Well, it was also 1970, and all sorts of things were destined to happen in the 70s as a result of having been stirred up in the 60s. So now um, I remember having a conversation with someone, we know what we're against, but what are we for? And so what occurred to us is all the various things that were occur- uh, happening in the in the to happen in the 70s, we wanted to find out about them. So we turned our camera toward things that we were interested in, and that was uh, healing, environmental consciousness, uh, Native Americans, uh, all sorts of um, new ways of thinking, uh, Indian gurus, uh, meditation, yoga. So all these things caught our attention. And we spent the 70s in... um, for the most part, in a half-sized school bus traveling with our, our new family. I mm-hmm. gave birth in, my, in the bus to my second child, our second child. And so we were really exploring. We tended to be pioneers and always on the cutting edge of things. But what was interesting is so much was going on in the 70s uh, that uh, people were intrigued with, and we especially were interested because we knew there was something not quite right with the world we you know kind of moving past civil rights and the anti-war that sort of thing was occurring but what were we for and so all sorts of things were coming out so all through the 70s my husband dean evanson and i traveled in our school bus and pointed our camera at things we were interested in but what was interesting is we didn't really have an outlet for the kinds of videos that we were making because there were no VCRs, there were no DVDs, there was, was no video, even not even video cassettes. There was just no real playback system for the technology that we were in. Mm-hmm. And so what happened, we had hundreds of hours of video that was sitting on the shelf and occasionally would get uh, shown on uh, public access cable, which we were also instrumental in getting going. But then in late in 1979, we found ourselves living in Tucson, Arizona, and we re, uh, recorded a Ramdas lecture. Baba Ramdas, who people may remember, wrote the book "Be Here Now" and many other important um, books, you know, awakening mm-hmm. consciousness. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, he really was one of the forerunners of of this field. He'd gone to India. He learned to meditate, and he was really bringing back a lot of information for young seekers. And that's who we were at the time. We were young seekers, even though we were starting to, you know, get past our or, uh, past our 20s, so it was a time <laughs> that we needed to figure out how to make the world a better place. So he let us record his lecture, and then we were able to um, take orders, and we got 50 orders <laughs> for this evening with Ram Dass. And we thought, you know, people have this technology of cassette players and this, uh, you know, as a way to distribute. So we decided, because Dean had been a musician, had been a recording engineer, we decided that it was time to focus on audio, and um, that's when he went out into the desert around Tucson, Arizona, and recorded the birds at dawn, brought it back to the studio. And at that time, uh, we came across a 
uh, open tune, well, it was an auto harp. He took the buttons off, and then he tuned it um, open with an open tuning, so it was in one key. And he, because he was such a versatile flute player, he was able to play along. And So with my strumming the harp and him playing the flute, and then we had our cellist friend come in and add, we created our very first tape, and it was called Desert Dawn Song. So we took that tape along with um, the Ram Dass lecture and three other um, albums on cassette, and he had our five little tapes, and we're waving them around. We decided we needed to put them out together, and Mm -hmm. we came across our, um, we decided to form Soundings of the Planet, and that is currently the name of our record label. So that was the very beginning. Better to go out with a a group of us rather than just our, waving our little product in the in the wind, <laughs> nobody paying attention. We went and started selling our, our music at Swap Meets. That was our very first outlet. And so people would come, and after a few weeks, they'd come back and they want some more. But they also had some information for us, some feedback. And they told us the way they had been using, using our music was uh, to help them in meditation. It helped them with their yoga. Um, Some people had gotten into massage, and it was helping in the massage area. And people were even saying that it really helped uh, calm them down with uh, maybe chronic pain that they were dealing with. So that our music in combination with uh, biofeedback and other things that people were learning about really supported uh, people who were in chronic pain or or even acute pain. And then we started receiving uh, letters from Oh, a cancer care center uh, in in Canada that was using it to help children with cancer. We also uh, got a letter from somebody in Texas who was working with autistic children, and that really seemed to help calm them down. One of our albums, Ocean Dreams, was very helpful for getting uh, the kids to settle down. And so it just continued like that with, that with the feedback. And then one day in, I think it was the early 90s, we... Uh, received a call from none other than than Naomi Judd, the uh, Grammy Mm -hmm. country singer, and she was dealing with her hepatitis at the time, and she had discovered our music, so it helped her. And so she would buy a lot of our music, and then she'd use it herself, and she'd give it out to everybody she knew. So she was a big fan. And so it just continued like that, where we were really receiving the sort of feedback from people that it, it was just so helpful, because... Um, you know, music can really reach into the soul. And For sure. Then, yeah, through that process, we uh, started to research, well, what is it that's causing this to happen? Why is the music helping people in the healing and the meditation process? So that's when we... Which is a powerful to- study right off the bat. And I have to add my own story to your journey because I, I have to say there's a, a very recent chapter that has unfolded, and that is, uh, as, as many of the listeners know, I, uh, my husband and I, you know, condensed everything we had into several suitcases and came across country to spend 18 months living with my daughter and son-in-law uh, right around the birth of my first grandchild, their first child, and one of the things that we have uh, is music in his nursery, and so, and we just, you know, we have the iPad in there and a little stand, <laughs> and uh, we, you know, tune in, and we had used all sorts of different musical channels, like we've been on Pandora and Spotify and, and Slacker and some others, and 
I said, uh, you know, we happened to find, put, uh, I put in, what did I put in? I don't even remember what I put in. I think I put in like Liquid Mind, which is a, uh, a lovely group uh, that I've listened to, you know, an older group. And uh, the, it, it goes, oh, well, if you like that, then you'll like this. And it brings partner music, right? It seeds things and it, it gives you suggestions. And so I was sitting there and I'm rocking the baby and I'm like, gosh, this song is just so lovely. It sounds so just wonderful. I'm going to definitely have to, you know, heart this one, do it as a favorite. And, of course, I look over and it's one of yours and Dean's. So I went, wait, oh, my gosh. You know, and here's a whole new generation that's already started. And so I immediately, of course, selected, you know, get me a a sounding and a Dean Evanson and a Dudley Evanson channel. Uh, so you're still healing. You're st- I mean, even now, whole new audiences are unfolding at your feet. <laughs> right. Well, we we love Pandora, and uh, actually, they pay us, you know, a third of a penny or something per play. But yes. it adds up because, as you say, when people hear it, they love it, and then mm-hmm. they choose to have a Dean Evanson channel or Dean Evanson and Scott Huckabee or Dean and Dudley Evanson. So it's it's really been a wonderful way for us to reach out to people. Yeah, it's huge. And, and well, that's awesome. Us. For sure. So tell me more about what you discovered about how the music actually creates this physiological shift. That, to me, I think is just some fascinating work. Yes. Well, in the research that we've done, um, we've discovered that uh, one of the reasons our music works well is because of the slow pace. Now, that's kind of a no-brainer. Yes, slower music is going to calm you down a bit. Um, and through a process called entrainment, which is a scientific principle that means that um, two bodies begin oscillating, at, or two bodies begin oscillating at the same frequency. Um, so through entrainment, uh, your body will start to, your, your digestive system, your heart rate, uh, and that sort of thing will start to vibrate at the same frequency or a similar frequency or pace as the, um, the music. So slow music certainly helps, and that's a, a very simple concept to understand. The other thing that we have done with our music is we include the earth resonance frequency in it. And now what that is, and Dean as a, as a scientist was very excited to discover that the earth resonance frequency, I'll explain that a little bit, it's um, 7.83 cycles per second, or hertz as they call it, um, is a very slow, they call it a ultra, ultra slow uh, frequency, ultra, ultra low frequency. Um, it's very similar to what our brain waves emit. Our brain emits these these waves when we're in various states of consciousness. So imagine you're busy, you're doing your computer work, you're thinking, you're talking, or you're driving a car, or you know doing um, you know rational kind of we call it. Uh, let's see, it would be left brain mm-hmm. uh, type of things. Uh, that your your brain waves emit a frequency at about 14 to, uh, 14 to 20 hertz. Now, when you want to reach a, a more calm state, a more meditative state, you're going to drop down into alpha, and that's going to be around 7 to 14 cycles per second. And then lower than that is theta, which will be about 4 to, say, 7 or 8, and then below that is delta. 
Now, the reason we've chosen to use the earth resonance frequency in our music is because it, it vibrates right, it, it entrains your brain waves. So we're, we're, now we're, we're entraining a, a more subtle system. This is very fine mm-hmm. uh, sensitivity. And it's sub-audio. Sub you can't hear it. But your brains relate to it, so they feel it, and they start entraining with that frequency. And what that does is it brings you into an alpha state, and right on the cusp between alpha and theta. And what, the reason we like this frequency, one, it's coming directly from the Earth. It's, it's the Earth's atmospheric cavity. It's the sound that all of nature is based in. And we don't experience this frequency very often in cities because so many 60 cycle hum and all the other vibrations and sounds. But it is a frequency that's very important for healing. Well, you know how you feel when you go out in nature, and that's another aspect oh, sure. of, of the reason we include the natural sounds in our music because it supports that, ah, you know, take a deep breath and relax. So that's um, been really supportive of people's uh, getting, dropping down into al- the alpha, kind of right on the out range of alpha and theta. And the reason, again, that we like it is because it's a safe uh, state to be in. You're awake and alert, so you're not like completely zoned out or anything, but you're also very, very relaxed and calm. And that's a state that when you're doing healing work or when you're wanting to uh, settle yourself down, uh, maybe you have some issues, some physical issues or emotional or mental concerns, you want to be calm. You want to settle yourself down. We tend to get awfully riled up in our busy uh, modern lives. So that's an aspect. Okay, so that's one thing. And I did mention nature because that's so important, and that was one of the first things. Dean was one of the very pioneers of putting the natural sounds into into the music. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Another aspect of healing music is intention. And this is something that's, again, a very subtle type of thing. But say you're... um, you know, you think you're going to be a famous something or other and you've got a big ego and you want to, whoo-hoo, I'm going to be something. That's your intention, and that's what's going to come across to the music. But when someone is um, coming from a more spiritual place, a more meditative place, a loving space, um, and then that's the kind of music that they're, and then they make this sort of music we're talking about, that level of intention is going to be, um, it's carried on the waves of sound. So sound is actually a carrier wave. And then carrying intention is huge. And so you can tell. You can tell how someone is feeling. You can tell someone's energy or attitude by, uh, you can, you know, what, what this, this subtle thing I'm talking about called intention. You know, sure. You know, it's, it's like you say something, uh, that was really nice. Well, that's a, that phrase, that was really nice, is neutral. But if you say it, that was really, really nice, you know, then you feel it, it has a high intention. Or if you say it, oh, that was really nice, well, that's got another intention, mm-hmm. something more sarcastic. So I'm just saying that the subtleties of what's inside us comes out through our voices and comes out through our um, through the music that, that people create. And so um, my husband, I'm very lucky, he's a joyful, happy, loving, spiritual person, so the carrier the waves that are coming across his music are very loving and, and that sort of thing. So that's just another aspect. Well, and, and I'm really um, glad you yeah. – let me interrupt you for just a second because you touched on something that I think is really important for 
anyone who's working in the personal development and um, personal wellness field to really recognize. And I'm going to take a step back to the to the 60 cycle, uh, you know, 60 cycle hum, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and really recognizing that as much as we're talking about the positive effects of the music and the um, the intention behind it and the 7.83 inhertz per second, the 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 reason, right, that all of that is so necessary, one, is obviously it keeps you in alignment with the, with the Earth cycle, but two, is because we are being constantly bombarded with the uh, 60 cycle hum. So, you know, all of us who are living near power boxes and power lines and transformers and the, the fluorescent lighting and all of those things that we love, you know, we love them for their convenience and what they've brought to the world, but there is a, there is an after, there's a footprint, there, right? They, they leave their footprint on us by constantly saturating us in that, that much, much more intense, higher cycle hum. And that disrupts our cycle. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, um, again, that's what is occurring when we can step away from it. And it's hard Mm -hmm. because we're surrounded by computers and cell phones and that sort of thing. And, again, many of us live in cities or live around um, the the modern world. So we love the modern world. It's got great advantages for us in many ways. But, we, but our, our basic biology is not designed for this kind of intensity. And so mm-hmm. we need to mitigate it. And so there's, that's why um, playing music in the background or, you know, being able to uh, – there's a, a number of other things that um, I want to talk about, too, uh, that we can do it, uh, ourselves to create music because that's a big thing that I'm working on. But I think to be able to have um, – well, the, the wonderful thing about music is it's, uh, it affects us on a deeply spiritual level. It affects us emotionally. It affects um, us on a, even a molecular level. And that's why it is so very powerful, you know, to, to choose your music carefully and to be really aware of the kind of input. I feel like um, Dean talks about sound nutrition, you know, we're having a lot of uh, crazy information coming on into us through um, the news media. And um, we personally don't have television at all. We watch movies. We love Netflix. We love to, you know, get the uh, knowledge and wisdom and, and entertainment that comes from the wonderful films that have been made. But we do not watch television because what happens is it sucks you in. It sucks you into its story it sucks you into its vibration and let me tell you a quick story when I was um, giving birth to my first child which who wasn't born in the bus but was in a hospital there was this Mm -hmm. moment where I was in labor and you know I thought well maybe turn on the tv just to distract me and they turned it on for a second and it was just this this rapid fire uh, uh, advertisements and commercials and you know all the you know trying to suck you in I said, please, no, no, turn it off. (laughs) No, 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 that's not what I need to calm down. And so think about how we are in our lives. So so people have their personal issues, and those are huge, and that's the wonderful thing that people can help with the coach. The coaches can so help with that, you know, help guide and and direct and encourage. But um, we also have this sort of international societal things that are going on that really 
aren't, don't involve us that much, but because we tune into television or, or radio in that way, we, we do end up um, being affected and often very negatively. So somebody might be, be depressed. They might tell you that they're dealing with depression. Well, if you look deeply, it may not be as much of a personal story as an, an international societal story that they don't really have uh, control over. So that's why it's important, I say, to take breaks from media and you know all the intensity that is happening, and then put on that peaceful music. Put on something that's gonna where you uh, it allows you to go, you know, take a breath and and relax, and just you you find that the tension can just uh, flow away when you're able to settle either with the music just playing in the background or where you're really paying full attention to it, and then you can kind of meditate with it and that sort of thing. So you know, your your upcoming book, I just want to mention that really quickly here. So your upcoming book, which is really all about uh, meditating with music, it, it really speaks to, I think, one of the opportunities that coaches have in the moment. And, and maybe this is the piece, because this is only just the scratching the surface of the conversation. You and I are definitely going to have to, you know, go for podcast two, three, and four in order to, to really realize justice. That, yeah. yeah, no, and I think it's great. I think it's wonderful because I think it's so valuable for coaches. But coaches who aren't experts in this yet, right, maybe they don't have a strong meditation foundation, a strong musical foundation. Something you just said there is a concept that I, I really want to sort of punctuate our, our talk with today, and that is um, – Say, say what you said about musical nutrition. Is that what the phraseology used, musical nutrition? Right. Or well, yeah, because um, music is like food. Um, a sound mm-hmm. is food. It comes into us. It, it, we, we, we ingest, you know, food through our mouth, but, we, but our ears are receiving, you know, all our senses are, in fact, receiving uh, the sounds around us. So when the sounds around us uh, are very high energy, very intense, very frenetic. Um, and then it can also be the intention of those sounds if it's coming through the news media. And I, I just can't say enough about news because they're blasting you. And really their yeah. goal is not uh, your your well-being at all. Their goal no. <laughs> literally is to sell their channel, their newspaper, their show their you know program or whatever that they want you to stay tuned to their channel so this is what i say to people is tune into your own channel you have control over your channel and so where you set your focus is what is going to be the most influential in your life and so i really encourage people to to choose uh, sounds um, that are healthy that are nutritious that feed your soul and feed you on a not just a a physical level, but feed you on a spiritual and emotional level. And when we can do that, we establish um, a much healthier uh, foundation for everything that we're going to be doing as we go forth in our lives. So it's it's healthy. We t- we think about our our what we ingest, how we eat. We need to think about how we hear and how we listen and what we're listening to. So that's so absolutely. Important. Well, and right there, I think, is an action we can leave our listeners with today, and that is for coaches recognizing, one, um, you know, we're we're busy entrepreneurs. Please take all of this in for yourself, for your own well-being, for your own well-being, take this in, coaches. But for your clients, 
what if you started asking them? And I'm just going to kind of put this question out for all of our coaches, and I, I would love to hear anyone who makes this shift and steps into this space to please let us know and let us know how it goes, um, is to start inviting your clients to, to look at what they're listening to. Start asking questions about what is your soundtrack? What is the soundtrack of your life? And are you tuning into your own channel, as Dudley has shared? Uh, and certainly uh, that could be a very provocative opening for a much bigger conversation. And it's certainly the opening for a much bigger conversation for us. So Dudley, we're going to we're gonna connect. You and I are going to get together to kind of follow up with this. We've got so much more to share. We're out of time for today. But I think we're leaving our coach listeners with a great place to kind of stick their toe in and start the conversation to, to get it, grow it, to grow it a little bit bigger. So I want to thank you so, so much. Uh, just give a quick shout out. How can people get a hold of you personally and, and really pay attention to what you're up to? Well, the best way is to go to our website, and that is soundings.com. So it's like a sound with an I-N-G-S on the end of it, so it's soundings.com. So there you can hear our music, you can uh, learn about us, and also I really uh, love it when people comment on my blog and share their stories, um, and then I have the little habit of sending them a free MP3 download so they can, you know, get a taste of it because I like to there you go. thank people <laughs> so, for uh, so coming by and saying something, so yeah. Exactly. Listeners, there's a freebie. There's a freebie on the line, so head on over. <laughs> All right, Dudley. Well, thank yeah. you so, so much. I appreciate your time, and with that, we're going to hand things back to Vince to wrap us up for the day. Thank you for joining us today. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. And of course, join us and access the growing archive of programs at coachingimpactradio.com. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches on the way with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Be sure to join us as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone.